Hello and welcome to Nurse in Transition. This is your host, Kiana Brathwaite, and I'm wishing you a wonderful day as you sit here and listen to me talk about what it is to be in transition and a nurse, two different things that are actually quite combined. Uh, I wanted to share my story on how I even started in healthcare. I've been in healthcare for about 20 years now. I started in 1999 as a nurse assistant at a assisted living facility um, and decided that I wanted to kind of give myself a little freedom to move around and became a certified nursing assistant. And from there, um, I ended up becoming an RN probably about seven years later. It took me a long time. Um, I am, of course, a diploma nurse. Um, I had the option of going to get my BSN, and I'm not going to stand on my soapbox on that one, um, and I don't want to go through the diploma versus ADN versus BSN versus MSN because we are all nurses, and we are all practicing, and we are all professionals. So um, one thing I will talk about, though, is the fact that uh, I'll start from the beginning. So when I was really, 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 really young, there were not too many career options. Um, and everybody told me that they thought I would either be a lawyer or a doctor because I always like to order, or argue my point, um, which was true. I still like to argue my point, even to this day. But... I wanted to be an entomologist and a marine biologist. I wanted to be the first combined uh, scientific career that two things that had absolutely nothing to do with each other, you kind of thought, but I wanted to combine them and bring them together. And um, after going to college and realizing that I would be in the lab for a really, really long time and not be around people and I wanted to be around people, I decided, all right, let me take a step back. What I went to school for isn't necessarily what I want to do for the rest of my life and did some research, talked to a couple people I knew that worked in different fields. Initially, I was thinking to become a physician or an MD, and I didn't want to go to school as long as I had to because I knew sooner than, more sooner than later, I would want to start a family. So I, I wanted to have the flexibility to be available for my family, and so uh, the options were nursing, respiratory therapy, physical therapy, and I think those are the three that I was really considering hard and fast. And one day I was sitting at a hospital as I was working as a CNA, and uh, there was a gentleman who wasn't well. His family had visited him earlier, uh, and he just was calling out for the nurse. He didn't call for the doctor. He didn't call for any of his family members. It was a really rough night for him. He was not having, he was in a lot of pain, I do remember that. Um, and just really uncomfortable and he wanted the support of his nurse and I remember thinking to myself that night when the nurse got up and went in and talked to him and comforted him eventually I think she did give him his pain medication not eventually but she did give him his pain medication but he also wanted company and she was all of what he was looking for in comfort and managing his pain and I wanted to be that person I wanted to be the person that when people are at their most vulnerable they trusted that I had their best interest at heart. And plus it gave me the flexibility of working 12 hours, you know, three days a week and still being considered full time. So it was a win-win. Um, diploma school was, it kicked my hind parts. It was a hospital-based program. 
It was a 33-week program. I think that's when I really learned what stress was um, and what expectations were and how it felt to not meet your own expectations. Um, and there were times where I, I was not sure. You know, I didn't know what field I wanted to go into. I didn't know if I would make it. I didn't know if this career field was for me. I knew that I loved helping people. I knew that I loved assessing and I loved figuring things out. And um, I just loved every bit of nursing, but I just wasn't sure if I was cut out for it. And then when it came time to take my NCLEX, that was one of the hardest things. Because you kind of compare yourself. Well, I don't know about you, but I know my class, when everybody graduated, we all knew each other's test dates, unfortunately. And we knew, well, so-and-so passed on this date, and they only got such-and-such questions. And so-and-so passed on this date, and they only got a certain number of questions. And by the time I took mine, because I think I studied for a good month and a half in a room secluded by myself, books all over the place, um, and finally was ready, took the test. And I remember sitting there taking the test. It was computerized, and I got to where so-and-so got to. So let's say, you know, my classmate, um, I really hate to generalize, but I don't want to throw anybody, we'll say Tiffany. Tiffany was only, she only had 75 questions. And once she had her 75, the computer shut down and she realized, oh, she passed. You know, um, it's another person, I'll say uh, Sharon, she, had 125 questions and she found out that she passed. And I was getting, going through the questions and as I would get past where I knew somebody else was, I would second guess myself. And finally there came a point, I think I was at maybe question 135, somewhere around there. And I was like, you know what, screw this. I am going to take this test the way Keanu takes a test. And I took the test and I walked out of there. My husband drove me there early in the morning. He sat out in the car waited for me however long it took and I came out bawling I mean it was almost as if somebody had told me that a family member had passed that's how hard I cried on my way to the car when I got in the car I swore that I failed um, and mm, I can't remember if you, you had to wait about 24 to 48 hours for your test results folks would go online and they would look you up and see if you passed because again our class was small and everybody knew what everybody's test date was in hindsight I probably shouldn't have told anybody but you know hindsight's 2020 and anyway um, I kept getting phone calls and they're like hey did you check and I'm like no I didn't check I I know that I failed and I had about four or five people are like are you sure you failed and I'm like I'm sure I took the test I was there nobody else was there with me I knew I failed so finally uh, our class valedictorian called me back and was like just log on and take a look so I log on I take a look and the way that um, our state does it is you, either your name shows up as a um, what we call new nurse I think that's I'm using terms that it's been a while so it, it showed up as you know new nurse and the date that you received your license so you knew the date was the date that you took your test um, so when I logged on my name comes up and it shows that my license for June I will never forget June 14th 2006 um, is a day that will live in infamy, but it was, my name was there. 
and I realized that I passed the test and I called and I was excited and I again I cried because I swore up and down that I failed and then you know throughout all of that because there's always trials and tribulations and struggle and strife but there's moments of joy and of astounding accomplishment and of seeing yourself and saying I did this I set my sights on this this and I've achieved that and now okay what's my next goal what's my next step what's my you know do I just I'm gonna sit here and enjoy this and um, I gave myself a little bit of time between taking the test because I had uh, interviewed for a position at with UPenn Medicine. So there's two main health systems that I've worked with in the Philadelphia suburban area, and they are uh, UPenn Medicine. I was at Pennsylvania Hospital in their neuro ICU for a few years, and then I moved to Mainline Health, starting at, at the time it was Lankanon Hospital, it's now Lankanon Medical Center, and eventually that opened the door for me to be able to go to all four facilities within that health system, and I really loved that. Um, that will probably be another story just to talk about the reason why I switched over and what was going on there, because this is all about transition. And transition, as I said before, I realized I've perpetually been in transition. It's just now that I'm realizing that I've perpetually been in transition. It's now that I'm kind of settling into it and accepting it, whereas before I was fighting it. So I interviewed at Penzi is what they call it. Initially, I thought I was going in for a tele-interview, and I found out when I went to the critical care unit, and I loved it. It was gorgeous. It was state-of-the-art at the time. The light just flooded in because in ICU, there was an issue with being able to tell the difference between day and night for patients, and they call it um, ICU psychosis, I think. It's been a while, so if I'm wrong, definitely email me and remind me. Um, but ICU psychosis, because walls in most units, they had curtains and they had walls and there was no light filtering into the rooms and the patients would get confused and it would be hard for them once they were up downgraded to maybe a step down or a regular floor med surge or telemetry, it would be hard for them to reacclimate themselves to day night because they were so thrown off. Uh, this unit had taken all of that into account. It had state-of-the-art technology. I mean, when we did, I, I came from, in nursing school, I came from handwriting all of our notes to, it was a small community hospital, to Penzi, which was, you know, online, and you can um, import your vitals from the monitors and everything talk to each other. And it was, for me, I'm somebody who, I've always been a techie, and I didn't I, I did not let the the tech take over my nursing judgment or my abilities I always made sure I did manual blood pressures when you know necessary I did not always go look for a dynamap as a matter of fact I couldn't stand those things I like to know that my numbers are right I love my art line because of course it's an arterial line I mean aside from you know your um, central line which had all your monitored lines in it, the art line was, it was like a rectal temp, sorry, <laughs> but it was, it was like, this is the most accurate that you could get, you know, for the least invasive, unless you lost your art line, and that's a whole nother story too, but, um, so, 
you know, I really enjoyed being in what I felt like was the tech age where we were kind of cutting edge. We had a new neurosurgeon on board who we ended up losing and again, transition. You know, you have to kind of find yourself where you fit in and transition. And um, so that's kind of how I got started, right? So I initially started in assisted living and was like, hey, this is a space where I actually enjoy. I get to interact with people at different levels, different patient populations. Um, I'm really doing something that matters that I can see. A lot of times people say nursing is a thankless job. And in essence, yes, you're not tipped. You don't really get told high five. There's so many demands on us from administration, patient population, doctors, um, colleagues, families. It's coming from all directions and you have to manage all that. But I actually got to a point in my nursing career where people would say thank you. They would give me hugs. I could see enlightenment. I could see change. I could see that they were getting better. Um, I could see that what I did impacted people in a positive way. And that was what I always will love about nursing, that there is an ability to positively impact someone's life, no matter what else is going on in their lives, no matter what else is going on in your lives, no matter what else is going on in your day, you have an opportunity every time you're at work to positively impact somebody. And that is wonderful. Um, that for me is very fulfilling and gives my life meaning along with all the other things that I do in, in my family and my community. But that was one thing that always kept me coming back and always smiling and loving on my patients because I knew they were in a place of vulnerability and they needed somebody to have their back. And I would remind myself of that when I walk through the door every day. Um, so started as a nurse and assistant, worked my way through. I even did phlebotomy because I wanted to make sure that I knew how to draw labs, what labs what I was supposed to draw, how to actually go in and draw blood on people without veins collapsing, frustrating folks, injuring them, scaring them even more than they already were because the needles are huge. And, um, and then graduated as a nurse, RN, took my NCLEX and tried to go back to school and get my bachelor's. But there were a few conflicts for me in that. Um, and I really had a problem with going into debt and making the same amount of money. I think that was my biggest thing. I, I had children that I was responsible for in a household and it just didn't seem to make sense to me at the time to do it. So I am a diploma nurse. Um, I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of the program I was in. I'm proud of all my classmates and, and what we accomplished together as a team. I'm proud of nurses that go back to school. I know that's no small feat with everything else that they have going on. It just wasn't something for me. Um, so that's my story, my entry point into healthcare, how long I've been there or been here. Um, and I hope you enjoyed. Uh, again, this is Kiana Brathwaite, your host, just talking about being a nurse in transition, perpetually in transition. And I look forward to sharing more with you later. All right, take care. Have a wonderful rest of your week and day, depending on when you're listening to this. Bye. Hello, and welcome to Nurse in Transition. This is your host, Kiana Brathwaite. And I will make sure, because I haven't done it on my other posts, my past posts, um, but I'll make sure I give you my contact information. I wanted to take some time to talk to you today about the glories of entrepreneurship. 
right? And how um, some of the businesses, the startups, I still call Facebook a startup. I am a user, but a reluctant user of Facebook. Um, and I do like Instagram. It's a little fun. I enjoy posting and seeing what other people do. Um, LinkedIn is okay. You know, it has its purpose, just like any other platform and any other source that we use to communicate and connect. But um, when you look at the Facebooks and the WhatsApps, um, I'm trying to think of a product, you know, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Nike, um, but really the ones who have come along and really grown and during my lifetime, Microsoft and some of the changes that they've gone through, there's this grandiosity when it comes to, hey, you're starting a business or, you know, you're launching something new. It's going to be new. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. It's disruptive. And it's, but nobody really talks about the grind, right? And what that feels like. Um, when my business idea came to me, it was not something that I was like, yeah, I'm looking for. This is really what I want. It kind of struck me based upon my life situation, which is fine. You know, other people, lightning strikes, lightning bolts, I didn't have that. But um, it was something that was kind of forced upon me and I, I resisted it. I did. I was like, no, I want to work for somebody. You know, um, I don't want the lifestyle change that I believe will come with it, the hard work that comes with it. You know, there's so many different things about business that I don't know, I'm not familiar with. And I, I pushed it back. I really, I, I resisted it. Um, the idea came to me when I was about 19 and then probably around 2013, it came back and it did not really solidify and start to grow roots until 2016. And here I sit. And it's still, for me, um, a struggle. And not a hard, bad struggle, but just um, uncertainty struggle. And I'm somebody who, I, I, I'm a critical care nurse through and through. I will always be, whether I'm in the facility being a critical care nurse or I'm walking down the street and assessing someone quietly, that is just in my blood. It's who I am. And I found myself, you know, with that, I knew how to handle situations, right? I knew I had a, a toolbox that I could go in and rummage around and pull out and really, you know, say, okay, well, if this is happening, there's a medication or there's a solution or, you know, let's try a couple things. But with entrepreneurship, you don't have a clue, right? You are living in the world of uncertainty, of turmoil, of ups and downs and, you know, does this work and it may work this time, but then the next time you try it, it doesn't work. And I thought at some point, you know, I've been doing this um, pretty much all day, every day, full time since 2016. And here I am almost three years in. And I thought at this point it would look different, you know, and I always talk about transition and how it's perpetual. And um, it is because I know who I was in 2016, what I thought, what I did, how I handle things. I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm not the same person I was almost three years ago, and I'm happy about that. But also the ideas that I had and the expectations I have for myself at this point, I haven't met those expectations. And entrepreneurship is about 
you know, meeting your expectations? Are they realistic? Are they, you know, are they fantasy? Is it, is it something where you're pie in the sky and is there something wrong with pie in the sky? And then you have people telling you, you know, this is how their business worked and this is what you should try. And I remember reading somewhere and I can't remember where, but it was the author was saying that businesses are like children and every business has its own personality. And as a parent, I'm a parent of two, um, an 11 and a 10 year old. I find myself every day getting to know my children, right? I find myself every day when it comes to my business, because that's my baby, getting to know my baby. I find myself every day having to get to know my husband. And even more so in entrepreneurship, I find myself every day having to get to know myself. You know, when there's, um, for instance, you know, a lot of people don't do cold calling anymore. And I have a reason why I'm stepping out on that. Um, But when I make those phone calls, I am so terrified and I, I don't know why, because the worst case scenario, the person hangs up on me on the other end or they tell me no, or they tell me don't ever call here again. And we're not friends. We're not family. I'm not relying upon you for anything. I'm simply reaching out to ask permission for the next step. And that's what I have to focus on. But sometimes, you know, somebody tells you no, or the number isn't good or whatever the case may be. And you find that's that one thing that sends you into a downward spiral. And, you know, you as an entrepreneur, as a business owner are constantly, I I think we're bipolar, you know, (laughs) we have these highs where we're like, yes, I got all this energy and I'm nesting and I'm going to do all this stuff. And yeah, let's do it. And squirrel and, and, oh, and, and then the next time you're like, oh my God, none of this is where I thought it would be. And am I doing the right thing? Should I get a job? You know, what's my family think? What do my friends think? What do I think? And you just go down this down place. And, um, so there is no real, I don't think it's glorious. I think it's a path of most resistance um, because it forces you to look at so many different aspects of your life um, and your business. And it forces you to be on a constant mm, awareness of how things are going, you know, the goals that you're setting, are they goals that you should even set? Are they goals that you should consider? Uh, Your objectives, how are your objectives different from your goals? Um, You know, just there's so much that goes on in your head. There's a commercial that's out right now of a woman. She's a baker, I think. And I think it's a car car insurance commercial. And it's hilarious to me. I'm going to say freaking because that's how I talk. Um, But it's freaking hilarious in the sense of they really nailed the mind of an entrepreneur, right? The mind of a business owner where she's sitting in this van delivering her cake and she's driving and her face, you know, she's smiling and she looks like she's good to go. And you hear this rammering coming from somewhere. And I can't remember, I couldn't tell if it was the car or if it was her, but I do remember looking at my husband and going, oh my glob my my son says this all the time and i think it's hilarious and it's so appropriate <laughs> i'm like oh my glob that is my life every day i wake up and this voice is talking to me all day long and i'm trying to focus and some of the things it says make sense and other things i'm just going where in the world did that come from is that me 
Was that somebody else? Did somebody plant that thought? Because I don't remember having that thought. And it's just crazy because that's my life. And I don't remember before being on this business building journey. I don't remember that voice being that crazy. Although my husband says that when I was in nursing school, I was just a psycho walking around. You know, I carried my nursing books everywhere that I went because if I had five minutes to sit and study because it was quiet or somebody was doing something or somebody wasn't doing anything and we were stuck in traffic, I made sure I took that five minutes. And I'm literally like that now. You should, I got all kinds of, we have ebooks now, thank the Lord. I don't have to carry on this huge book bag or duffel bag of books. But, you know, I have all these ebooks that I can go in and I can sit and read if we're stuck in traffic or I'm traveling or my mind picks up something and I want to go back and check it. Um, I have little note taking uh, applications and I'm voice recording and, you know, just trying to hold on to and keep all the ideas and work on them as they come and sometimes push them to the side. Um, the young lady that wrote Eat, Pray, Love, she said in her TED Talk that one of her um, mentors that she looked up to used to say creativity is like a train and it would come at her and sometimes she would run from it. And I I remember that a lot in my days and my weeks. Um, and I just look at my friends who are in business and it's a constant, there's constantly something. There's always something you have to do. You know, your website, your platform, your CRM, which is your customer um, relation management tool or, you know, your email blast and your newsletters and your Instagram and your Facebook and your, and, and then you have, um, influencers who are talking to you about what they do and what you should do and how you and it's just this constant intake of information um which sometimes makes you feel that you're not doing it right this sometimes makes you feel that you're inadequate and i think that's what entrepreneurship is right it's that balance between worthiness adequacy and growth and there's the other flip sides of the coin of each of those things, right? Not being worthy or unworthy, um, the, the, the stagnation, comfort, uh, forgive me, comfort is not necessarily a bad thing, but it can turn into complacency, which I think is stagnation on the other side of growth. And then, you know, just the, the intake of information can be overloading and inadequacy, you know, are you, are you enough? And, and how do you, what's the conversation you have with yourself when you're talking about being enough? So I, you know, maybe some of this resonates with you, you know, maybe if you are in transition in your nursing career, you're even dealing with that on the level of, I was in this one specialty and now, you know, I mastered this and I was in that and I could wake up and and not even bad an eyelash as I thought about doing it. And now I move on to this other specialty and it's kicking my backside and I'm not understanding why I'm so frustrated and why it feels like it's taking so much out of me and why I'm working so hard when I didn't have to work hard at all at this thing. And we sometimes forget what it took for us to get to mastery. And we sometimes don't trust the process. You know, and we sometimes want to be because we think we should be and we're not. And we allow that to become downtrodden on ourselves. And I just want you to know, you know, give yourself time, space and grace to work through the process. Mastery will come. 
and I'm talking to you as much as I'm talking to myself, mastery will come, right? You'll wake up one day and like this documentary that um, I'm watching about the brain and there's a, a cup stacking champion. I didn't even know this was a real thing, but there's a cup stacking championship and this young man is a world champion in cup stacking and they took a look at his brain through an EEG to see what it looked like when he stacked the cups and you would think his brain is working overtime because his hands are moving quickly and it you know it's just they didn't even speed it up but it's just crazy how fast his hands are moving and he's stacking these cups and then the um, scientist challenges him and they're doing like a, a race so to speak and you see him with his EEG his brain waves are all over the place because his conscious and his subconscious and everything's trying to work to coordinate and there's just so much work going on because he's never done it he's not mastered it whereas the young man who's mastered this I mean a couple of years two to three hours a day he's practicing his cup stacking and his brain is like oh I got this we done created pathways I'm in mastery I'm good to go now I'm sure if you threw him in the swimming or something that he was not familiar with you would see his brain waves go off the charts because now he has to work harder to coordinate and figure out and calculate and there's just so much going on so we have to remember that we have to remember that for every new challenge for every new thing we start to do there takes there's time for us to create those pathways for us to learn and for us to grow in that space and become a master and we have to give ourselves that grace i'm 39 i'm about to be 40. i have two children and i don't even think i've mastered parenthood please believe me i know i've been doing it for 11 years i still have so much to learn but because i've been doing it for 11 years i now can see where maybe I need to change. Maybe me yelling or cussing or fussing isn't going to be helpful in this situation. Maybe I need to sit back and just listen and, you know, maybe just let them talk or maybe I could make a suggestion. But I've learned that I'm getting closer to mastery and I have to allow myself to learn that as a business owner and an entrepreneur. I think they're two different things. Um, I have to learn that as a manager and a business owner and an entrepreneur. I have to learn that as a CFO and a business owner and an entrepreneur and a manager and a technician. And it list goes on and on. So there's so many different hats that you wear when you're starting your business and you have to give yourself space or when you're changing careers or transitioning from one specialty to another, you have to allow yourself to wear those hats and give your hats yourself time to get comfortable in those hats and i'm gonna close this out i appreciate you listening um i wanted to share as i said my contact information so a couple ways to get in contact with me um email info i n f o at kbcalls.com you can also um check me out on instagram i never remember this i know my <laughs> my twitter is at kbcalls267 I think my Twitter is KB Killer Bravo underscore calls C is in cat A is in Apple L is in Lima S is in Sam. I believe that's my Instagram handle. And um, it's funny because I don't use it because I'm looking up everybody else. Um, and then my website www.resourceinhealthcare.com. Um, those are the ways you can get in contact with me. You can always call me 267-625-2422. And I wish you a wonderful day and an awesome week. Take care.